Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Jennifer LeClaire here. You can see in the spirit. I want to invite you to take the Seer Activation Challenge. 30 days to clearer spiritual sight. I'm going to be on board doing Seer Activations with you, guiding you through biblical entryways and much, much more. You can opt to take the Seer Activation Challenge at tinyurl.com slash seeractivation tinyurl.com slash seer activation. You can also opt to get these three books, Seer Dimensions. You can get Power Seers. This just came out. Keys to upgrading your prophetic vision. And you can get Seer Activations with 101 Seer Activations and a whole lot more teaching. I want to challenge you to see what you've never seen before. God wants you to be able to see in the spirit. Open your eyes to the Seer Dimensions in Jesus' name. Those of you that are sitting under another pastor and God has already told you you're going to birth a church. I want to share with you today of how to be able to make that transition without it causing a church split or you being labeled a Jezebel or you labeling your pastors as controlling and against your vision. I authentically believe that the at, at the root and the basis of a lot of what we would call church split is really nothing more than miscommunication. And we're going to be reading and coming from Galatians chapter 4. This message is geared towards those of you that are authentically sensing that God is calling you to birth a church, but you're currently serving another pastor. My first statement in this Bible study is, is this, there's an elephant in the room. You know it, your spiritual parents know it, your pastor knows it, your bishop knows it, 
your spouse knows it, your family knows it. There is an elephant in the room between what God is telling you um, and what God has probably not told them who are overseeing you. The pastoral office, or if you're currently serving a pastor and you're sensing that God is placed in your heart to birth a church, to launch a ministry, I'm here to tell you that you will be waiting forever and it might never happen. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the pastoral office, by pure virtue of its DNA, is only designed to birth, which means they get you saved, to guard, to maintain, and to cultivate or nurture. It, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what the pastoral office is not designed to do. It's not designed to change. It's not designed to launch and it's not designed to navigate. There's a difference between navigating. Okay, let me let me let me break that down. Pastors never change. Many of you have been sitting under a pastor and let me just be frank and honest with you, you don't even have the same belief system as your pastor. You're still there waiting for your pastor to change the theological worldview and I'm here to tell you the pastoral office is not designed to change. The pastoral office is designed for consistency. Your pastor will never change their mind concerning a particular view. They might tolerate a particular view, but they will never, they will never change. The pastoral office is not designed to launch you. When's the last time you saw a real pastor launch anybody to the ministry without God sending them a prophet to yell at them publicly talking about release this person already. Name one time. As a matter of fact, many of you that are watching me right now, your pastor never launched you. Some prophet came or some apostle came and literally admonished your pastor to release you or many of you just got up and just left because of a word of a prophet or the decree of an apostle. And pastors are not comfortable with navigating. Now, what do I mean by navigating? Navigating means this. You know your calling. You know your function. You know your office. You know your gifting. You know your charismata. You know your oil. You know God has called you to be a prophet. You know that God has called you to be an evangelist. You know that God has called you to be an intercessor. And being navigated means that the pastor is able to navigate you on how to function and to begin to exercise and become skilled in that primary function. You're going to find that the average pastor does not know how to navigate people, gifted people who have office callings because pastors spend more time guarding for wolves and guarding for what not is the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, let me even go a step further. The office of a pastor is uncomfortable when the Holy Spirit show up to a service. That is why when the Holy Spirit authentically shows up to a service, the average pastor, the most you're going to hear them do is this. Praise God. The Holy Ghost is here. 
The anointing is in the house. The anointing is here. Hallelujah. And that's it. They don't know how to navigate. They don't know how to navigate, which means the anointing is here. Prophet so come here. Here's the mic. Release the word of the Lord. What is God saying? Intercessor, start decreeing in the atmosphere. They don't know how to navigate. Not because they're not gifted, but because by pure virtue of their office is not designed to be able to navigate. But they are able to cultivate. They are able to maintain. They are able to guard. I guarantee you, if a wolf came around, your pastor will discern that thing in a heartbeat and tell you that's the devil right there. You better not listen to that. That's not the that's not the Holy Ghost. Right there. The office of the pastor knows how to eagle eye and watchtower or watchman what is not the Holy Ghost. But they do not know how to navigate or to cultivate or to maintain an atmosphere when the glory does show up. So the most that they can do is tell people, let's just come to the altar and repent before the Lord. Why is the pastoral office not uh, or has a hard time changing? I'm going to tell you why. Because of familiarity. Familiarity is the biggest curse for the pastor. Let me give you an example of what this means. You're waiting for God to change your pastor's view about you. Your pastor's view will never change about you. You want to know why? Because your pastor knows way too much about you. That is why when someone comes and singles you out by the by a prophet singles you out, the pastor immediately says they're not ready. They're not ready. They're not ready. The pastor's favorite word is they're not ready. Why? Why is the pastor so enslaved by they're not ready? Because they're your pastor and they are enslaved to familiarity. And your pastor, listen to me, will never, ever, forever change their view about you because they know all your dirty, dark secrets. And they can't. They can't. The second reason why uh, pastors do not launch, this is what I'm saying, the second reason why pastors do not launch is because they're afraid of the consequences if you mess up. Listen to what I'm saying. They are afraid and they are enslaved to the consequences, which means they're never going to launch you because they're afraid if you mess it up and souls get hurt because of you, they don't want that on their conscience. That was me many years ago. I'm not saying nothing that I wasn't. I'm teaching from experience. You guys have no idea the first maybe seven to 10 years, I was this that I'm preaching. That's why it's so clear and so accurate. I was afraid to launch people because if I launched them and they went and messed up, 
or started hurting people because they didn't know how to do whatever it is because I was enslaved to my familiarity of them, then I don't want my name or I don't want to be the one that initiated that. Your pastor's not going to launch you, prophet. I'm telling you. Your pastor, hey, associate pastor, co-pastor, who knows God is calling you to birth a church, your pastor's never going to launch you. You want to know why? Because they know too much about you. Second, they're afraid if you mess up because they know too much about you, they don't want to be the one bearing the consequences of your mess up. A real apostle is not afraid of you messing up. You know how I know a real apostle will not be afraid of you messing up? It's because a real apostle knew Peter would mess up and still picked Peter. A real pastor will never launch somebody that they're too familiar with because they're afraid of the consequences. In the long run, what happens is this. Because you're sitting there waiting to be launched, you're waiting to be navigated, you're waiting to be trained, waiting to be fathered, and all you got is someone guarding you, someone maintaining you, and someone nurturing you, and you're saying, I'm already saved, man, like, yeah, I'm a prophet, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pastor, why am I still just sitting here? Well, I just gave you the reasons. What is the end byproduct of this? Well, what many of you are feeling right now? A sense of frustration. So 15 years have gone by and you're still sitting and waiting for your man of God to uh, launch you and pour into you and to uh, change. So now you get desperate. The prophets start coming. Start releasing the word of the Lord saying the time is now, the time is now, the time is now. The Lord is saying, a quick work what I do. And now you're sitting here saying, okay, God, talk to my pastor because you're obviously talking to me. Let me just share something with you. Your pastor's not dreaming about you. Your pastor's not getting revelation about you. Your pastor, all they're thinking about is maintaining that church <laughs> and paying bills. And you're sitting here saying, Lord, I know you're talking to me. Lord, talk to my pastor. Ten years go by and your pastor has not gotten one peep from heaven about you. You want to know why? Because for some of your pastors, they're not ordained to launch you. They're not ordained to navigate you. But they were ordained to get you saved. Let's read Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. Look what it says. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, look at this, look what it says. Those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. Even though they actually own everything their father had. Look at verse 2. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set, not what their heavenly father set. And here, my friend, is where I messed up in the past and where many of you pastors are messing up and where many of you that are waiting to be launched have messed up is this we've read that verse wrong 
The verse does not say until the time the Father appoints. No, it says because the opening text is talking about an earthly father. It's talking about a time a father sets, which means this. Watch this. Here is where we mess up. Because the pastor recognizes that you're called to be a pastor, tells you to join the church, and then you never hear from them again about this calling that you have. Why? Because they're waiting for heaven to talk. And heaven is saying, you set the time. Which means this. The Father, I set the time. And guess what happens? Six, seven years go by, and we're, you're still waiting for conversation two about conversation one when you first joined about you know you're called. Five years that went by and we haven't even had conversation two. What the pastor should have done according to the verse is this. If I recognize that you're called to be something, I'm supposed to give you the time and say this. This is what I'm saying and say this. I recognize that the anointing for X, Y, and Z and the office of X, Y, and Z is on your life. I want to help facilitate that. Let's come up with a game plan. Let's work this thing for two and a half years. Let, let's work for two and a half years nonstop. And then at the end of these two and a half years, let's have a consecration and a public setting apart of you so that we can begin the process of launching you to this particular office. You know what's going to happen for the next two and a half years? That person is going to work hard body in that house. Why? Because now they have a time appointed by their father as opposed to I'm just so sick and tired of waiting for you to launch me. I'm just going to get up and go, a.k.a. church split. And both parties are angry with each other when it was really a misappropriation of miscommunication and mistiming. That happened to me a couple of years ago. God sent me a couple, a married couple who loved me. Oh my God, this married couple straight up loved me. Like, and, and it wasn't opportunistic stuff. Straight loved me. But I didn't have that revelation of Galatians 4 about me setting the time. Because uh, I'm waiting on heaven. And the most that I did with them was, I told them. I said, I see the office of a pastor resting on you. I know you're going to be a pastor one day. And that's kind of like how far it went. And then I never brought it up again until like a couple of years later when, when they began to come to church and I began to see they didn't have that spark in their eyes anymore. And because, I'm just going to be very honest with you, because I didn't see that spark in their eyes anymore and I didn't have this revelation, I began to entertain 
Jezebel. Man, what's, what's their motive? Ah, oh, maybe they weren't here because they love me. Maybe they were being an opportunist. Long story short, the couple left. I gave them the blessing to leave. When they left, the Holy Spirit slapped fire out of me. Now that's just my language to say he convicted me and told me that I dropped the ball with them. That other people might have been an opportunist but not this particular couple. With this particular couple, you messed up. I sent them to you so that you could launch them. So watch this. So I repented. I repented and I told the Lord uh, to forgive me. I made a vow that I would never do that again. Pastor, let me say it again. The verse here in Galatians chapter 4 verse 2 said, The time appointed by the Father, small f, which means you set that time, not heaven. Which means you foresee and you said, you stipulate, we're going to work this for two to three years or whatever. Let's make this happen. So another couple came to my church and I made a vow that I would never do that again of what happened. I saw the exact replica. I said, oh, look at this. Wow. Another one. Thank you, God, for giving me another chance. And within a month that this person joined our church, I said, so-and-so and so-and-so, come to my office. Um, and at that time, I literally, me and my wife, I looked at them and I told them, I see the office of a pastor all over you. I want to help facilitate that with you because I know that that's why God sent you here. Let's work out a game plan together of how within the next couple of years, um, and I actually told them under five years that I could launch you in, uh, to birthing a church. Uh, watch this. That um, I can help you in that process because I want to be a part of that. This couple, true story, looked at me, started crying. I said, this is what I need you to do. This is a true story. I said, I need you to write your vision out, put it on, a, uh, write it out, uh, give it to me, tell me your vision's ministry name, I want to know everything about it, because I want to help you launch that thing or tweak it. And guess what they said? We already have it. So I said, praise God, bring it to me next week. And I walked out of there feeling like, man, if members and pastors would communicate we would not and many of you know that a month and a half ago i ordained four pastors now why have i ordained so many because i'm working with those that have the calling in my house i am not fighting against and i say this publicly one of them is going to inherit my church period and i've already had that conversation with them did you catch it and others are going to birth it you say, what should you do if that's you? If you're them saying, man, I got this vision and I'm not sure how my pastor or I'm just waiting for my pastor to tell me because they told me two years ago that they see the calling on me and then I haven't heard from them since. Here's what you need to do. Let me share something with you. Here's what I genuinely believe. I would say at least more than 70% of church splits were not the result of the devil and a Jezebel were the result of miscommunication. That's my gut feeling. The people just didn't communicate. About the time they went to communicate, it was too late. I got four things that you need to do if this is you. 
Watch this. Number one is this. Request that your pastor sit down with you and revisit that conversation. Do not wait for your pastor. This is what I'm saying. Number one is this. Don't wait to find time because that person is about to leave your church and they shouldn't have to because the truth is they don't want to. They want you to be their papa. They want you to be their mama and they want you to launch them and they want to do things right. Come on, everybody that leaves don't want to do things wrong. But if you take too long to revisit it, they will do things wrong. They will leave the wrong way. Request a sit down and don't let your pastor brush you off. If your pastor says, let me pray about it. Tell him no. That's the pastor's way of not wanting to address it or they don't have an answer or it's a sign that they're not the one to launch you because they have no clue what to do with you. Do not let your pastor say, I'll get back to you for the sit down. Say, no, 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 no. With all due respect, pastor, we already did that. It's been two years. It's been eight months. Can you make time for me? I cannot wait. I cannot wait, pastor. And you know I love you. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. And let me tell you something. I'm telling you as a pastor because I did it. I'll pray about it. Give me a second. I'll let you know. All right. Uh, I'll throw a date out. I'll text you tonight. If your pastor tells you I'll text you tonight, they're lying. They're not going to text you tonight. You keep in a loving way trying to get your pastor's attention. Have the conversation. All right, pastor and all right, associate pastor, no more running. No more running. Number two, write your vision down. When you talk and request a meeting with your pastor, have everything typed out. The name of your ministry, the logistics of how you're going to carry out the vision, uh, the DNA of what your church will be, so that way your pastor doesn't think you're going to be an extension of them, and then you're doing some different thing, and now they're like, wait a second, no, you have to have all of that stuff written down, so that way they know this is the name of the ministry. And these are the logistics. Watch this, watch this, watch this. If you go to that meeting and you don't have nothing typed out and you don't have everything outlined and you don't have the ministry name, listen to me, you cannot, you better not go to that meeting talking about you had a dream. Let me tell you something, pastors don't believe in dreams. No, they do not. Pastors only believe in scripture. Baby, you got to show your pastor your vision through scriptures. Pastors are not prophetic. Pastors are not into dreams. And you better not tell him a prophet told you. Because your pastor will tell you no. You better not tell them you are starting a ministry because of a prophecy. And prophet so-and-so and apostle so-and-so told me my vision. You can forget about that. Oh, you can forget about that. You're going to get a no in their spirit. They might not tell you face to face, but I guarantee you, if you say, well, the prophet told me by default, they're telling you, they're going to tell you no. By default. I'm just telling you. All right. 
you need to have it outlined in scripture in scripture why because the pastors only move by one thing exegesis and hermeneutics and homiletics that's the only way you're going to win your pastor is you got to prove it to them doctrinally scripturally number three is this before you talk to your pastor make sure without a shadow of a doubt that your spouse and your family are both on board with you if your pastor senses or sniffs out that your spouse is not fully in agreement with you you could forget about it your pastor is gonna tell you let's pray about it which is their way of saying no let me tell you something I absolutely love mama Pagani why because I'm the high priest of this house she will tell you I run this thing here and she submits and follows from her heart and together we push that thing make sure that your spouse is like yes babe let's do what God has called you to do you want to know why because when your church and your friends say is the devil that's guiding you and you are just an opportunist and they start persecuting you you are unstoppable because your spouse got a sword let me tell you something about mama pagani mama pagani got a sword in her hand do you know mama pagani be ready to go at people who be going at me i have to hide stuff from her online why because she'd be like so and so said what hold on a second and my wife has called people and say yo let me tell you something man what you said online let me tell you something my husband is not like that listen nothing is more powerful when your spouse has your back 100 percent and your kids and they all like we got this dad we with you if your family is not on board and you walk into that room and your and your pastor look at your spouse and your spouse is like you know like I'm supporting him you can forget it you can it's not coming make sure that your spouse is absolutely on board last point Galatians chapter 4 verse 2 and I'm done I'm done guys they have to obey their guardians until the time appointed by their father the last point is this you and your family set a date set a date I told my wife uh, in about seven months we're gonna launch HIRT let's work it and I told my bishops at that time and I told my regional bishops at that as a matter of fact I went through everybody I went through my state bishop regional bishop local bishop and told them I said I don't this is what I told them I don't want to leave I said I would prefer that you help me birth it but if you don't help me birth it I'm gonna birth it anyway because I know God told me to birth it 
and he told me a time frame. This is the time frame. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. They gave me the blessing and they helped me birth it. Woo! Lord Jesus. But man, I had to fight. And I had to outline it. And I said, listen to me, listen to me. Listen to me. If you don't tell and encourage your pastor with a time frame, pastor, I love being here. And I genuinely believe God has called me to be under you. Um, I noticed that there are other people here that have the office of a pastor and for some reason, you know, they kind of been sitting here. I genuinely respect you and I don't want to be part of that group. I know I'm called to be a pastor. Here's my vision. Here's what I believe God has told me to do. Here's the fruit. Just be the function. They'll see the fruit. You don't have to worry about the fruit part. Let me tell you something. You don't have to worry about the fruit part. Just be the function. They'll see it. Even if they don't say it, they'll see it. And you tell them, how can we together facilitate together the launching of this thing? Now, I'm not telling you to do something, Pastor, that I haven't done. I did it. That's why I just ordained four pastors in my house. I spoke to them individually. And I said, I know what I see in your lives. And let me tell you something. Two of those of the people that are ordained haven't been with us. They've only been with us 18 months. The others were with me a long time. One group that I ordained just got to my church not too long ago. Maybe about going on two years, maybe going on two years, give or take, you know. And I told them, I know what I see in your life. How can I facilitate, be a part of the launching of what you're doing? And this is what I told them. And I ain't got no problem saying this because I've said this at my church. I looked at all four of them individually and I told them the time of me stepping down is coming upon us. One of you will inherit this church. I'll still be here. I'll still serve this house apostolically and pour into people. I said, but one of you will be the successor to this house. While I'm still here, you'll run this bad boy and I'll just be here doing my school of ministry and you'll be pastoring this house and together. Well, I said, one of you, and this is what I said, let's work together to make this thing happen. Galatians chapter four, verse one, y'all. Read it on your own time. The Lord add a blessing to the teaching of his holy word. I hope this was a insightful and a blessing that are in this predicament or you're the pastor pastor I'll end with this if you don't facilitate these people you have no authority to call the next pastor stealing sheep if you've mismanaged sons and daughters in your house you can't say it folks are not gonna wait forever while they wait for you to have a premonition about their calling. And I get it, pastor. But what about those pastors that do launch? Well, guess what? You're really an apostle trapped 
in a pastor's body. If this was a blessing to you, I want you to sow a seed. Yeah, you go, with all this revelation, baby, you go match this, this message with a seed. I will put the link to our cash app and to our PayPal. I just saved you years of heartache. Why don't you honor the message and the teaching by sowing your best love gift. This is what you're going to sow. You're going to sow a $30 seed. You want to know why I say 30? Because 30 is the age where Jesus began his ministry. You're going to sow that. So that way God will give you the anointing to be able to how to facilitate those that are gifted in your congregation so you don't call them Jezebels and you'll be able to say this. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.